All right. Um, if you uh, have not been here the last couple weeks, then you might feel a little bit um, not not lost in it, but just not need, might need a little refresher. We've been studying on biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Um, we kind of spoke about two weeks ago about uh, what it means for all of us, men and women. This is what's our foundation, right? Of, of men and women are both called to follow Christ. Um, Christ said, you know, come and follow me. And we know that call. And we, if you're born again, you receive that call from the Lord to come and follow Him. And so we, we, we've spoken about that. And then last week we spoke quite a bit about the equality of men and women uh, with God, but how we have different roles. Amen? Different roles, and God has equipped men and women with different gifts, different things. And uh, we talked about headship a little, and we talked about how men are called to lead in their homes and in the church. And we talked about the importance of godly and, and willing submissiveness in women to the family and the church. And the devil's twisted that around. Um, he, he, he makes it seem like, when we talk about that word submission, he makes it seem so much like it's such a negative thing. Um, but but I know submission can be hard. But so can lead. Amen? Um, and, and so there's a great equality in God in the sense that while God asks different things of us in regards to our roles, we all have a job for the Lord and we all have a work and it's hard for all of us. Um, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. Now, this is, um, I, I worried about it last week, and I, I told myself I won't worry about it so much this week. Um, as much as I did last week, I, I'm just going to preach the Bible. Amen. Uh, that's, what I, that's, all I, that's all I care to do is to preach the Word of God and, and to try not to worry about it. And I believe the devil's fighting uh, this message. I struggled this morning so hard to get things in my mind right, but then I also struggled just. Just trying to get here, I couldn't get it done, and then, uh, and then you know, I always type out my scriptures and things like that. And when I, uh, I I couldn't get them to print, and then I couldn't get my computer to work, and then everything went wrong that could go wrong. And, uh, but by the grace of God, we're here this morning, and uh, we'll do the best we can. I I, I I want you to remember too. So this was important at the end of last week. If you wasn't here. Or if you were here and you haven't thought about it since then, I want to remind, it, remind you of it, is that we talked about how if God reveals an area in your life, are you willing to change it if God says to? And I think probably most, 90% or more, raised their hand and said, I am willing to change. Whatever God wants me to do, I'm willing to do. And I pray this morning that you'll keep that willingness in your heart as we look together in the Scriptures, and I certainly want your prayers this morning. Amen? I certainly need those and, and, and want those. Because today I'm going to primarily be speaking about biblical manhood. More to the men, but it's ladies, it's important you listen to. Uh, because the truth is, your husbands and, and your future husbands, or whatever the case may be, they're going to need your help being the man that God wants them to be. Uh, it doesn't come easy, and it's not, it's not, it's not always going to be easy. Um, and there's a scripture I've had on my mind all week that I'll share with you before we dive into the... I know, I know it says 1 Corinthians, and we'll get there. But there's a scripture that I had on my mind all week. It was Colossians 2 and 8. And Colossians 2 and 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. We have to be so careful where we get our idea of manhood from. Lots of voices in the world. You've got the culture and the society that's always preaching what they expect and what they want for you. They use television, they use movies, they use politics, they use the education system, they use music, they use all these things. That's their pulpit, amen? That's where they preach from. And they constantly preaching into your ears and to the ears of your children how they want you to be. How they want you to act. What they want you to believe. How they want you to behave. They're constantly telling you that, right? That's what I would call the rudiments of the world. 
But then you've got the generational ideas too. And as I thought, thought about this message and I tried to figure out how I could get through those because what you have there is you've got the folks who say a man equals what my dad was. Or a man equals what my granddad was. Right? Uh, and, and those are generational ideas. Right? Those are the traditions of men. It, it may be that your dad or grandfather was a wonderful man of God that you can base your life after, but I've got to be honest, not everybody has a dad or a grandfather that was a man of God that they can look to and say, I'll base my life on that. Then you've got the philosophies of the world, right? The philosophy and vain deceit. These are the, the modern philosophies, modern psychiatry, the mental health experts that are trying to shape the idea of manhood and trying to uh, change what, what it is to be a man. I'm not interested in those things. I'm not interested in what Hollywood thinks a man should be. I'm not interested in what society thinks a man should be. I'm not interested in what philosophers, historians, or anybody else thinks a man should be. I want to know what the Bible says a man should be. That's what I'm interested in. Amen? Nothing else, nothing else matters. Our expectation, our model needs to come from the Word of God. That's the only place, right? We agree in this church there's one source of truth. One place where we can go to find truth. It's not the world. It's not the television. It's not Fox. It's not CNN. It's not any of those places. It's the Word of God. Right? The one place where we go to find truth is in the Word of God. We've got a lot to cover this morning. So I want to jump into it if I can. Remember that I told you last week, the most important thing, for if you want to be a biblical man, the most important thing you can do, the foundation of it all, is that you have to have a right and real relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? You cannot be a man of God, you cannot be a real man without the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the Holy Spirit living in you and working in you. And there's only one way to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to come through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, you're lost, you've never been saved, you don't know God, you must first repent of sin and put your faith in Christ and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then you can focus on all these other things that we're going to talk about. Without that, there's no other step for you to take this morning. The single most important thing that we can do as men is focus on our relationship with God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Y'all slow to amen last week. If y'all wondered why worship was a little down today. Two weeks, we beat to death. Amen? We beat on everybody. But don't get, don't get disheartened. Um, God... God God is doing a work in us. It, sometimes it takes sometimes it takes the chiseling away of hard things before we can see the good good in it. Amen? Amen. But I believe God's got a purpose for these messages. And I believe that God's speaking to us. I get encouraged when I hear people say, hey, and, and, I, and, I, and I did get lots of comments last week and people said, hey, you know, we... We left and I wanted to go home and study on what it means to be a man. And I wanted to go home and study on this and that and the other. I want you to continue that. Amen. Because here's the reality that we're in this morning. Our churches, our homes, our families are suffering because men are unwilling and unprepared and uninterested in leading. Amen. They suffer because of it. You can point the finger at us as men. We can point the finger. We can blame everybody else. We can say, well, the culture, well, the society, well, my wife, well, my kids. That's exactly what Adam did, remember? When the Lord approached Adam to, to call him out on his sin problem, the Lord, Adam said to the Lord, he said, it's the woman that you gave me. It's everybody else's fault. It's not my fault. We can do that all day long. But let me tell you, we, 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 we can look over and we can say, well, it's a different time. We can blame the feminist movement. 
We, we, we can blame them. We can blame the culture. We can blame the televisions. We can blame all those things. But the truth is that men aren't leading because men don't want to. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? And do you know why men don't want to? Because it's hard. It takes effort. It takes effort to be a leader. It takes effort to step up and to lead your home and to lead your family. This message may not make you feel great. It's not intended to hurt you, though. It's only intended to show us, right? The Bible says, talks about itself. It says it's a mirror that we can look in. We can get a true reflection of where we stand with God when we look in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Men aren't stepping up to the calling of God to be spiritual leaders because it takes effort, it takes courage. It takes spiritual strength. It takes sacrifice. It takes boldness. And that's not easy. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. One verse here. Paul's speaking to the Corinthian church and he gets down to the brass tacks. And he says, watch you. Stand fast in the faith. King James says, quit you like men. The translation of that is, act like men. Be strong. Act like a man, Paul says to the men at Corinthians. Be firm, be alert, be vigilant. Be strong, be a man. Men, the first thing I want you to know today is that you are responsible and accountable for your home and your church. Amen? I'll need your support this morning, men. I'll think you're mad at me if you don't help me out. That'll make me have to preach harder. Amen? We talked about it last week. It's worth hitting again. The calling for a man to be the, the leader is a high calling. We're all called to lead. Every man is called to lead. Lead his home. Lead his church. Lead his family. And when we look at the condition of the church and we say, oh wow, the church is in such bad shape. You know that the church just ain't what it's supposed to be. We sure have went in the wrong direction, ain't we? The church is so worldly. And so on and so on and so on. Who's responsible? Who's responsible? I can tell you who God's going to hold responsible. The men. The men. Because God has called men to lead the church. Over and over again we see that calling in the Scriptures. When we look at the condition of our homes and we say, my home isn't what it's supposed to be. My children just don't act right. I can't get, my children won't behave. Our family's always fighting. Our home is always in chaos. There's always conflict. Our home is falling apart. Who do you think's responsible? The men. The men are responsible. Because God has called men to lead. Amen? Thank you. And I get frustrated today because men are portrayed, if you pay attention, and I want you to watch in the culture today, men are portrayed like bubbling idiots. Too stupid to do anything unless they're led around by their wives and children. <laughs> you pay attention. You'll know what I'm talking about. You pay attention. If you watch a sitcom or you watch something on TV, you look at the men. You look at the way they're portrayed. Uh, 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 the ones that are glorified are the most effeminate. Do you know what effeminate means? That means they act like a woman. Amen? Oh, it's slow. Man, it's tough to hear that. It's alright. They act like a woman. They think like a woman. They talk like a woman. And they're glorified in our culture. The Bible says the effeminate won't inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? I'm just telling you the truth. And if they're not effeminate, you look at how they're portrayed. Lazy. Stupid. Incompetent. 
They're constantly disrespected by their children and their wives, laughed at, and pretty much that's the only thing that they are portrayed as being worthy of is laughing at. And you say, well, it's just a joke. It's a TV show. No, it's propaganda. It's exactly what the enemy wants, right? It's for us to lay down our jobs as men, as leaders, because we know, listen, and if you don't see it today, I want you to see it. When men lay down on their job as a leader, there are severe consequences. I could take you back into the Old Testament. We're not going to go there today. But I could take you back there and show you a time when God chastened Israel and He said, because of your uh, sins and because of your laziness and all these things that they were doing, He said, women have rule over you. We don't like it. I know it's so countercultural to say those things out loud. To talk about those things. But it's not meant to be insulting. The consequences are not somewhere out there. We see them today in our culture. They're already here. Godlessness. The destruction of the family. Right? The destruction of the home. The church becomes weak and powerless. Right? Children become confused. Society begins to crumble. Because men won't fulfill their calling as leaders. You're responsible and accountable for your home and the church, men. That's a high calling. And man, I want to be careful how I say it to you, right? Because I I want you to understand, and I I say it uh, in in the right way, but you're not the head of your home. You're the leader of your home. The head of your home is Christ. You're not in charge at your house. Christ is in charge. You're supposed to submit to Him. He's the head of your home. You're supposed to be in submission to Christ, and you can't leave right until you get that right. You won't be able to lead. And, and, and that means you have to put intentional effort into understanding what God expects of you and your family. You've got to know. You've got to dig into the Word of God. You've got to make an intentional effort to know what God says. You have to pray regularly to be able to lead your family. Amen? Amen. You pray and you say, God, What is your will for my family? Not my will, God. Your will for my family. What is your will? You have to have that attitude of not my will, Father, but thy will be done. If you're going to lead your home, you have to have that. Once you realize that, then you'll understand you're not large and in charge. Amen? You're not. It's not the way it works when we talk about leadership. That's what we think. We think, you know, we want to pound our chest and start making caveman grunts and doing all these weird things. But the reality of the situation is is that God is supposed to be in charge of your home. And you're the vessel that He has chosen to use to keep you. And your home, provided for, protected for, safe and secure, He's chosen this, what have You men are to get your direction from God. And then you lead your family on that course to the finish line. Amen? May I ask you this morning, how many of you pray regularly for, for God to show you where He wants you and your family to be? Versus, I'll say it this way, how many of you pray for that Versus how many of you ask God to give you what you want for your family? God, I want my family to be in the center of your will. I want to know the steps that you want my family to take. 
I want to do what you want my family to do. I want to lead us in the right direction. Versus, God, I want to take my family here. And I want to do this with my family. I want my family to be like this. And I want my wife to act this way. And I want my children to be this way. And God, can you give me all those things? There's a difference in those two. Amen? There's a difference in those two. There's some ways that we're supposed to lead according to the Scripture. We're supposed to lead our homes in love. Men, you're called to be lovers of God. Amen? Lovers of your wives. Amen? Lovers of your children. Lovers of the church. Lovers of the Word of God. Lovers of prayer. Lovers of worship. I wonder today, men, do our families, uh, do, do they feel, do they experience, do they see the love that we have for them every day? I'm talking about does your wife feel loved by you every single day? Do your children feel loved by you every single day? Do they feel encouraged by that love? Do you tell them that you love them? It always breaks my heart when I hear somebody say, I never heard my dad say that he loved me his whole life. And you hear it all the time. Especially the generation before the oldest generation in here. It was like it was some taboo thing. Right? I, I, I need you to understand and know if you're too macho to say I love you, you're not a biblical man because Christ said I love you all the time. Amen. Christ talked about love all the time. Amen? Those words came out of His mouth constantly. There's still today, there are some times that when you say, when you say bye to somebody, you, you'll be talking to somebody and you say, alright, well, I, you know, I love you. And you'll see some men squirm. It hurts. Like they don't know how to take it. Guys, it's okay to love. I mean, it's okay to, to love your wife and children and to love your neighbor. And that these are God-given commandments. Does your family see that you love them? Can they depend on that love? Can they feel it every day? Does your family see that you love God? Do you let them see men... How often do your kids and wives uh, get to see you reading your Bible? How often do they get to see you in a time of prayer? You say, well, I don't, I, you know, I don't want them to see me. I, I want to pray in my closet. There's a time to pray in your closet. But there's also a time to set an example for your children. Amen. Yeah. It's okay for them to know that you're praying. Amen? Amen? Do you ever talk to your family? Men, do you ever share with your kids... Why you love God? What is it about God that you love? Or do you just tell them, now, you're supposed to love God? Well, why should they? Why don't you tell them? Amen? Why don't you teach them? Well, teaching kids is for the women. No. It's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says that's as much a man's responsibility as it is a woman to teach the children. Amen? To be there for them. Fathers are to raise their kids up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. When you you have to make a difficult decision for your children, when 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 they want to do one thing and you have to tell them that they have to do something else, this thing's not good for them, whether it's spiritually or physically or, or whatever it is, when you have to say no, do you explain to your kids that the, the reason why is because you love them? It's because you care about them? You're called to lead in love. We're just scratching services. Amen? You're called to lead your home in worship. Let me ask you another question. In your home, who decides if the family will be attending church? Huh. Well, preacher, 
you know, um, sometimes it's really hard to get my kids up or my wife sometimes just says it's not worth the hassle because it's so hard. Man up. Amen? Man up. Sit down with your family and talk to them about why it's important. Sit down with your family and instead of saying, we're going to do this or it's okay that you don't do this, say, what can we do differently to make this happen? How can I help you so that we can get where we need to be, which is in the house of God? Not a lot of amens on that. It's fine. Men, our homes are desperate for leadership. Desperate. Desperate for somebody to stand up and say, we need to do this. We need to get this right. And I know that maybe that makes some of the women listen and swallow hard and say, I don't need to be told what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. It's not what I'm talking about. A man leads in love and he comes to you and says, this is what's good for us and our family. Don't be offended by that. Be glad you got a husband that cares. Be glad you got a man that wants the best. Right? That wants to that cares about your soul. That cares about the souls of your children. Men, when we let our wives and children lay out a church, we're showing we don't really care about your soul very much. If we don't approach it and, and talk to them about it, and I get it, I can't make them come, amen. I can't drag them down here. That's not biblical or godly either. But if we're not talking about it, if we're not encouraging, if we're not making the attempt to get our family in the house of God into a real relationship with Christ, we're not leading. We're scared. I heard one old preacher say one time, somebody said, Him, Dad, you got to get up on the bedpost tonight to roost. <laughs> Amen? you got to ask your wife permission. We don't have to do that. We can talk to our wives. We can talk to our families. We can talk to each other. We can encourage. We can lead in love. We can say, as for me and my house, who did Joshua speak for? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Did he go have a meeting with them? No, he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to serve God. If they don't want to come along, you can't make them, but you can serve God in front of them. I'm always shocked by, and women, this goes for you too, if your husband says, well, I don't want to go, you say, well, I'll just stay home with you. You know what that means? You didn't really want to go either. Amen? Men, if your wife says, well, I'm just going to stay home today, I just don't, you know, I just don't really want, I don't, I don't really want to go down there. And you stay home too? What? <laughs> One thing, if you're trying to take care of a bunch of sick kids, I get all that. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm preaching about. We can come up with a whole list of exceptions to what I'm saying, and I understand all that, but you know when you get down to the root of it, what I'm talking about. Amen? you got to man up. Men, you got to lead in worship in your home. That means sometimes, men... Does your wife have, have a set-aside time where you come and help with the kids so that she can go get along with God in prayer? You say, well, now wait a minute. I thought we were, I thought we were talking about, you know, uh, let, let's get to the women part. Let's go over here and talk about how a woman's supposed to be the keeper of the home and how a woman's supposed to do that. Yet, Men, make time for your wives to know God. Amen. Give them time to get to know God. If you, the, more, the more you burden them with everyday things in life, if they have to pick up after you, if they, have to, if they have to come behind you and shine your shoes every time you get a scuff on them and pick up your dishes every time you sit down at the table and everything else, you know what? They're going to be like a Martha. They're going to be cumbered about with much serving and not have time to get at the feet of Christ. Amen. Make it to where they can have time to get down with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Women are not our servants. Amen? Amen? They're our helpmates. They're our partners in life. We're in it together. Some of you take better care of your car than you do your wives. Amen? Some of you know more about your car than you do your wives. I'm just telling you the truth. 
You ever gathered your family together, men, in, in devotions? Share something that God is sharing with you? Read a passage of Scripture together to pray together? You've got to lead your home in worship. If you don't do it, nobody will. Amen? And if you don't do it, I, you're, listen, it'll be just like Deborah. If you won't do it, then, then your wife is going to not only have to bear the burden of all that God's put on her, now she's carrying your part. She's going to have to try to lead the family in the spiritual aspects. She's going to have to try to be the rock that everybody can lean on. And that's not her job. That's not her responsibility. I believe the women will like this next one. Based on what I, what I hear. Man, you've got to lead your home in communication. Amen? We've got work to do here. But we have to learn to communicate with our families. Women... I am not talking about spending hours talking about something. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Most men, not all, most men don't want to talk endlessly for hours. Amen. <laughs> I'll set them up. You spike it down. <laughs> You're, listen to me, honestly. Your, your husband's not a bad guy if he don't want to talk nonstop. Doesn't make him a bad husband. But if he never wants to talk, that's different. Amen? That's different. He's got to be willing and able to communicate what God is saying to the family. He's got to be there to support his wife emotionally, to help her through some things. That's The Bible tells the men, it says, to live in such a way with their wives as giving honor to them as the weaker vessel. Right? They need our, they need our guidance, men. They need our leadership at times. We can't leave them if we don't hear what's going on. Amen? If we don't pay no attention. We've got to be able to make, part of communicating means we've got to be willing as men to make critical decisions for our family. We're going to have to... We're, the reality is, guys, is that there's going to come points, different times in life, when, when God is going to uh, uh, come along and, and, and He's going to guide us and our families are going to come and ask for our guidance. They're going to say, what should we do? Husband, what should I do? Dad, what should I do? And when that happens, men, you don't need to be passive. You don't need to sit back and say, well, just you know, just whatever you think. If they're asking for what you think, you need to know what they need to do. I'm not talking about, do you like this dress or that dress? I'm not talking about, is it these shoes or those shoes? I'm talking about decisions for your family. Amen? Amen. And when they come to you and they need those things and they need guidance, they're not looking for somebody to fold their hands and bow their head and say, I don't know what to do. They're looking for a man to step up and say, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen? Your wife comes and says, should we do this or should we do that? Then you pray about it and you think about what you know from what God's heart is and do that thing. Yeah. Lead in that way. Right. Amen. Men, I'm telling you, our families and our churches need us to be bolder than what we are sometimes. They need us to be bolder than what we are. Not dominating, but bold. Men, part of communication means we have to sometimes take initiative. Amen? When it comes to things in the home, I believe, and I know they'll correct me if I'm wrong, I believe many women want their husbands to say, let's sit down and figure this out. Let's get through this. If there's an issue, let's talk about it for a few minutes. Let's pray about it. 
together. They need us to take initiative sometimes. I know I, I, I know one of the things that, that, that Shasta has, and I, I don't care to tell you personal stuff. One of the things that Shasta uh, has talked to me about in years, and one of the ways I failed as a husband is, it, it, for instance, Shasta keeps up with all of our financials. I hate that. Not that she does it. I hate the financials. I want her to do it. She also hates the financials. Amen? But I've left her no choice because I have just been like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I hate it. Right? And so one of us has to. Um, but one of the things that she said to me over the years is, this wouldn't be such a big burden on me if you just made a little time each week to sit down with me and look at them. Right? Just sit down and, and, and real quickly let's just look over this together. Not hours and hours, but just a little bit of time. And I failed in that way. But that's what she needs. She's looking for a little leadership from me. And I, I'm not going to do it. Because I don't like it. Because it's hard and it takes effort. And I don't like to sit there and talk about that stuff. But she needs that from me. Amen? Now, man, you're all about making sure your wife's meeting your needs. Let's make sure we're meeting theirs. Amen? Those are just some examples. Then men, that's in the home. Men were also called to lead in the church. Oh boy, that was slow. Do you not believe that? If you don't believe that, that's okay. We can we, we, come and talk to me about it. Come and say, well, I don't see that in the scripture. I'll show you. And if I'm wrong, I'll stand up and say. I've been corrected and I see it differently. Amen? Amen? I don't mind to do that. But I can tell you this, all throughout this scripture, throughout church history, all throughout time, as best I can tell, God has called men to step up and lead the church. Amen. Just like in the home, men aren't the head of the home and men surely aren't the head of the church. Amen? Amen. Christ is the head of the church. But He has given some responsibility to men who love Him to step up and help lead. Now I want you to go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-7. through 7. We're going to look at these verses together. You're going to see I put some underlines for you. Right? This is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good word. A bishop then must be blameless. He must be the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, not a striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetousness, one who rules his own house well having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Amen? Amen? Church needs men to step up and take leadership roles within the church. You ever notice when you ask for volunteers in a church, when you ask for somebody to do something, to teach Sunday school classes, to help with this or help with that, who steps up mostly? Women. Oh, I've heard the men's feelings. It is not supposed to be this way. But many of our churches would be closed down, shut the doors, if it wasn't for the women. That is not the way it's supposed to be. That is not the way it's supposed to be. 
You ever notice that there's so many churches, even in our little area right here, that don't have pastors? Do you know why? Because men won't step up and be one. Have you noticed that you hardly ever see a man step out to preach anymore? Do you know why? Because men don't want to. Amen? Lack of deacons. Lack of elders. Where are the men in the church? Where are the men uh, that, that, that are supposed to be leading God's people, that are supposed to be taking care of the house of God, shepherding the flock of God? Where are the men like Paul? Where are the men like Peter? Where are the men of old? Amen? Amen. Where are they at? Well, I know. They're busy fishing. They're busy hunting. They're busy watching their favorite sports team. They're busy playing video games now. They're busy doing all these other things. They're busy on the couch. They're busy at the office. They're always busy doing something besides what God has called them to do, which is lead their homes and lead their churches. And I'm going to tell you the truth this morning. Since I've already, listen, I hope you'll come back. I don't preach on this every week, but I do preach stuff a lot. I believe our church is focused on discipleship. And I believe if we're going to get stronger in the Lord, we've got to know the Word of God. And I believe we've got to live the Word of God. Amen. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I believe today's men, today's Christian men, are scared to death of responsibility. They're scared to death of accountability. They don't want to make a commitment. They don't, they don't want to have anybody, that, that they don't want to submit themselves to anybody. They don't want to surrender their time. They don't want to sacrifice their, their, uh, their efforts, their time, their money. They don't want to do any of that. They're scared to death to be responsible and accountable. But men, it don't matter if you run something in the church, you're still responsible and accountable to God. That men don't want to be called upon to lead the church. They don't want to be called upon. They don't want to stand out. If I'm being honest, in the church, for the most part, there are exceptions. But for the most part, women outwork men hands down. They cook, they clean, they serve, they volunteer, they step up. They will help in ministries. They'll help do anything they can. They'll help teach Sunday school classes. They'll volunteer to clean. They'll do all that. And the whole time, men sit with their hands in their laps trying not to make eye contact with you. For fear that you'll say, can you do something? Amen? They're scared to death. Somebody might ask them to step up. Men, your desire should be to step up. You should want to step up. I'm looking for a time when men come and say, Preacher, what do I need to do to be a deacon? What do I need to do to be a preacher? What do I need to do to be involved in this ministry or in that ministry? I'm looking for a time when men want. You know that, that there was a, a, a scripture there in, 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 in Timothy. It says, if any man desires. Amen. 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 And that's what's missing from men today. Except come here and sit for a few minutes and get to the house and do what they really want to do. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Okay. I know we've got to go on this morning. And I'm going to leave it there. But men, we're called to be leaders in the church. Let's spend the rest of the time looking quickly at the things that men should be focused on if they really want to be godly leaders. Titus chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to go there. I know I've been going a long time. You guys okay? Can you hang with me? Titus chapter 2, verse 2. That the older men be sober. That doesn't mean not drunk. I'll explain it to you. Although you shouldn't be drunk here. That the older men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in love, 
in patience. You see it with me? Now Titus 2, 6 and 8. Likewise exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things showing themselves to be a pattern of good works in doctrine showing integrity. Uncorruptness in other words. Gravity or reverence, sincerity, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part might be ashamed, having nothing evil to say about you. Amen? Amen. Men, be sober-minded. You saw it, it said for both the aged and the young men, sober-minded. That means to have a self restrained mind. That means to take each thought into captivity. A mind that is balanced and clear, focused. John MacArthur says it this way. I like it. To have a sound mind means to be in control of the issues of life. Having the priorities of life in the proper order and the proper balance. It requires a discipline of mind and a discipline of body that, that avoids the allurements of the world. It starts with a well-disciplined thought life. And it goes on from there. And this is the attitude that we're being called to. Sober-mindedness. Men, we've got to have our priorities in order. Amen? Amen? Amen. We must be mission-minded, kingdom-minded, not worldly-minded. If you want to be a spiritual leader in your home and in your church, you have to take your eyes off the stupid temporary things of the world and fix your eyes upon Jesus. You have to be able to fix your eyes on the kingdom of God. You have to be able to establish what is the priority in my life. And if the answer to that is anything other than God, your priorities are unbalanced. You cannot be busy, men, thinking about every foolish thing that's going on in the world. You cannot get caught up in the foolishness of the world. You cannot have a divided mind and a divided heart. You can't be tossed about with everything coming and going. One day it's this, the next day it's something else. You can't be scatterbrained and unfocused. You've got to be sober-minded. You've got to be clear-headed to the best of your ability. You've got to know where you are going and know how to get there. Amen? You can't be distracted with every hobby and every worldly desire that you can cook up. Our families, men, are depending upon us to bring ourselves under the rule of God, which means that we need to be sober-minded. The next thing that it said is reverent, which means respectable. Reverent means worthy of respect. Men, do you live in such a way that you earn people's respect? I'm talking about integrity. Amen? Are you honest? Or do you lie? Do you know that everybody knows if you lie? Amen? Whether or not they'll say it to your face, you're known as a liar. You'll say something to them, you'll say something to somebody, and when you walk away, they'll say, sure they will. I'll, I'll do this, I'll be there, yeah, I'm going to do my best to make it up there. You walk away, they say, sure you will. You've told me that a thousand times before. Right? You're known that way. That's a lack of integrity. Are you honest? Do you keep your word? Do you treat others? Listen, men, when we're talking about earning people's respect, do you treat other people with kindness? Yes, men. Kindness is manly. Amen? Do you know how I know it's manly? Because the Bible says there's only one, the man. Yes. 
It talks about us and it says man. When it talks about Christ, it says the man, Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? And do you know what he was? Kind. Do you care for others? Do you sacrifice for others? Are you always willing to show love and forgiveness to others? That's men worthy of respect. Amen? Men, listen to me. I know it's not popular. But are you working for your family and for your church? I don't know about you. Now, let me say this up front. It's one thing if you can't. I understand that many men have, especially as they get older, have broken themselves down from working hard and they can't do it anymore. Amen? Amen. But I'm going to say this because it needs to be preached. But I don't know about you, but I don't respect men who are too lazy to do anything. Amen? Amen? Amen. I don't respect that. I don't respect people who can idly sit there and watch everybody else work around them while they sit there and do nothing. God said He'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. Amen? Amen? Boy, I need him to be with me today. <laughs> Men, work is a big part of our lives. I'm not just talking about a job either. You can be a worker and not have a job. Amen? I'm talking about our willingness to do what's needed to be done around us. I'm talking about seeing something. I, I, I'm talking about something as... as, as uh, potentially simple as the good Samaritan who passed by the way and saw the man in the ditch and he took the effort and made the effort to go over and pick the man up out of the ditch, clean him up, get him somewhere where he could get the help he needed. Amen? Amen. The man didn't know how to do everything, but he knew he had to do something. Amen. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. That's what the Bible tells us. Paul, you say, well, that's Old Testament. I know. Paul said this in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10. You ready? In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded. If anyone isn't willing to work, he shouldn't eat. Man! You think I'm hard. Listen to Paul. Paul said if a man ain't willing to pull his load to do his part, when he's able, of course. Of course. Don't get caught up in it and think, well, I guess if I can't do it anymore, Bill only want me to be a part of this church. You know, I, I can help it up. Of course I want you to be a part of the church. Of course, if you can't do, you can't do. But if you can do, you should do. The Bible tells us that we should live lives worthy of the gospel. In other words, your character should lead people to Christ. Amen? Yeah. But I also think when it talks about men being worthy of respect, that it talks about men who have a reverent attitude towards God. We should fear the Lord. We should respect Him as Lord. Not being unruly. Not being disobedient to God. But submitting to His Lordship over us. Willing to go where He leads. Amen? To do what He says, even at great cost. It matters not. If God wants us to do, we ought to do. Amen? I respect men that fear the Lord. I respect a man who knows his place. And His place is under the authority of God. Amen. And I respect the man that knows that. Temperate. i got to move on. There's no way you all can endure all this. I know, but it's going to wind up shortly. Temperate. You know what temperate means? Free from extremes. It's the definition of temperate. To be free from extremes. Man, that's a big deal for us. Anything that's out of balance in our lives, 
causes issues. Listen to the way one article put it that I read as I was studying. Are you ready? To be sure, being temperate means you're going to love this. Being temperate includes balance in regards to drinking and eating, recreation, clothing, appearance, possessions, sports, toys, the use of media and our conversation. These things in themselves may be good and appropriate, but they have to be done in moderation. Oh. Everything in moderation. Amen? Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I, may, my, I myself won't be disqualified. Amen. Amen? Amen? Men, we have to have ourselves under control. We cannot be controlled by the flesh. We can't be controlled by lust. We can't be controlled by foolish passions. Amen? Amen. We have to have ourselves under control. That's why the saying is, do all things in moderation. Too much of anything isn't good for you. Amen? Amen. Sound in faith, he goes on to say. I'm going to speed it up. I would say these things about being men of faith, and I'll be quick. Our faith needs to be, first of all, established. That means that we've decided to follow Jesus and we're not turning back. Amen. Just like the hymn. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Right? Except there's a lot of people turning back. We've got our faith needs to be established. In other words, men, one day you're on fire for God and you want everybody around you to be on fire and the next day you're in love with the world. And it should not be so. Amen. Amen. Amen? You know what that does, men? That leaves your families and your churches confused. What should our priorities be? What should our priority be, God? Or should it be this stuff over here in the world? And one day it's this, and the next day it's that. We spend our whole lives going back and forth. And we ride the fence all the way to the grave where we end up in hell because we didn't trust in Christ. One day you believe this thing. The next day you believe something else. One day you jump on to your kids for something. The next day you laugh with them about it. And it leaves them with no consistency. One day you're mad. One day you're happy. Amen? Amen. you got to be established. In other words, you need to know what you believe and you need to know what you think is right and wrong and you need to live by that standard every day. Your faith needs to be a growing faith. Real men need to labor to grow in faith. You work at it, you study, you pray, you attend church and listen to preaching and teaching and you get in the Word of God as much as you can and, and, and you never stop pursuing a better understanding of God. In other words, men, our beliefs need to be steady. As we grow, we may come to better understandings of things and that's okay, but it shouldn't be one week we're going to have family devotionals and we're going to do it every day and we're going to meet at 6 o'clock and the next week when you're too tired, it's scrap it and don't worry about it. Either do it, and if you're going to do it, do it with all your heart. Sound in faith, sound in love. We've already talked about it, so I'll try not to beat it to death, but our love, men, should be like God's love. And let me explain what I mean by that as quickly as I can. Everyone, listen... Sometimes, men, the only way that we show love is if everyone's meeting our expectations. Yeah. Amen. Right? We love based on performance way too much, men. And if everybody's not meeting our expectation, if our wife didn't do what we think she ought to do, if our children didn't do what we think they ought to do, we withhold love from them as if it's a weapon. I thank God that God doesn't do that. That is so damaging to our families and to our churches and to our homes. Somebody hurts your feelings and so what do you do? You pull your love away from them. You give them a cold shoulder. 
Right? And when you pull away from somebody like that, God will take vengeance. It's not fair to people to hold your love from them. God gave you love. In Romans chapter 5, He said that God has given us the love that He has. That God put His love in us to share with others. Amen? Amen. And when you take that from people, it's not right. Just because they didn't do what you think they ought to do. Your wife, your children, and your church should know that you love them all the time. Amen? Amen. Love needs to be just like faith, established and growing. Your family needs to know that nothing can change the fact that you love them. I thank God every day. I'm not the example of it all the time. I don't, I'm not saying I got it right. I'm not saying that you all need to grow and I don't. I need to grow a lot. But as far as I can remember, there's never been a day for the past 15 plus years that I haven't told my children that I love them. Every day of my life. It doesn't. I don't miss it. There's not a day my wife and I have been married 19 years. There is not one day that I can remember that we haven't told each other we love each other. But words only go so far. Brothers and sisters, let us not love in word only, but in deed and in truth. Amen? It's not just your family. Your church needs to know it too. The church needs to know that you love them. Too many people are fickle. They love you when they love you, and they don't like you when they don't like you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? As the pastor, I catch the brother that. <laughs> I, have the, I stand in the capacity to hurt your feelings the most. Of anybody in this church, I'll say something, do something, or forget to say something, or do something, and you'll get hurt at me. Yeah. And I can say with an honest heart that I know of, I've never intentionally hurt anybody in this church. But I know I have hurt people. Yeah. Made a mistake. Did something wrong. Messed it up. Not blaming them. Blaming me. Amen. I know that there's things I've done that's caused people hurt. It's never been my intention. But I believe the church is supposed to be like family. Mm-hmm. And if I say I love my church, that means I love them when things are good and I love them when things are bad. Amen. 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 I sort of quit on them. Yeah. <laughs> That'll go over good I'll get comments on that. You got to put effort into your relationships. You know, if I, if, if if my wife, if she's not doing something I don't like, if she's doing something I don't like, I don't pack up and leave and say, "Well, when you get it right, I'll be back." I stick it out. I dig in. When my kids do something that hurts me, I don't say, "Get out of my house." I say, "I love you." And we dig in together. Amen? Amen. It's not always that way for people. Love grows when we get down and we get to know people. We get down deep. We can understand people's hearts. Sound in faith, sound in love, sound in patience, men. What is patience? Patience defined. The capacity to accept or tolerate trouble, suffering, and delay without getting angry or upset. Wait a minute, I'll repeat it for you. I know it's late, but I'm going to do it anyways. The capacity to accept, tolerate, to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, and suffering without getting angry or upset. Men? Is that you? Are you patient? What would your wives and children say? Do you lose your temper often? Are you moody? Loving and kind one day, as long as things are good, mean and hateful the next when your plans are set back. Amen? Are you comfortable men waiting for something you want or do you have to have what you want right now? We'll do what I say or else. You 
see what I'm saying? When things don't go the way that we expect them to go, men, do we stay calm? Are we a source of comfort for our family, for our churches? Or do we blow up and act angry and selfish? Now, I've been guilty of blowing up before. I want to be calm. I got a lot of problems. Our families have to know they can depend on us to be understanding that even when they mess up, things will be okay. Amen? Amen. Men, you got to hear me this morning. Let's wind it up. There's a lot more to cover, but we're not going to make it. We really barely even got started. Amen? It's a lifetime Bible study. But let me summarize it by saying this. Men, you're a leader. The question is, are you a good one or a bad one? Amen? Amen. It's not if you are one, it's if you're a good one or a bad one. And so I ask you, are you stepping up for your family and for your church? Are you growing in Christ? Are you living the gospel? Are you pursuing God? Are you providing for and protecting your family? Are you all those things we talked about? Sound in faith, sound in love, temperate, respectable. Are, are you all those things? Are you? Do you take responsibility? Are you willing to be held accountable for it? Uh, are you ready to stand up and be the men that the church needs and that your family needs? Or are you afraid of responsibility? Afraid of accountability? Indecisive? Effeminate? Wishy-washy? Are you leading your home well men? Can your wife and children depend on you to lead them to God? Can your church depend on you to lead it towards God? That's our responsibility as leaders. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to repeat. I preached a long time. And I'm sorry for that. If it shook you, I'm sorry. So let's bow our heads for a moment, close your eyes, and let me ask you a quick question. And I know it's I, I know it feels like you've been too long, but men, are you in here and you're not the man you should be? I'm talking about you're not leading your home, you're not leading your church, 